Hello, everyone. This is the Checking It Twice podcast. Checking It Twice podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Brian. I'm Michael. And uh, you may be wondering why we have this Christmas special theme podcast entitled Checking It Twice. Well, basically, the reason is that we watch these various uh, specials and, and films. And like you see, I check them. And then, Michael, what do you do? I check them. Yeah. So when you put those two together, you have two checkings for quality assurance, and that's the guarantee that you get only from this podcast. Everyone else is a poser. So uh, today we're looking at a Christmas classic called A Charlie Brown Christmas from 1965. Yeah, this might be the first Christmas special that I've seen. Like my life. I thought you were going to say this might be the first Christmas special ever made. That too. <laughs> um, might as well be. Look, December 9th, 1965, to be precise. Um, a real fundamental oldster. And I know I, I watched it. Uh, th- there's a very unique circumstance behind my watching of it this year that I'll get into. Really? The, I, I think it's very exciting. But... Michael, I also know that you you texted me and you said that you had thoughts about this. So I feel like we both have like really like hot, detailed takes. So I'm super excited to talk Charlie Brown Christmas. I don't know how hot take my take will be, will end up being. But it's just like this is the first year that I've, because I've watched this as a kid. Like, right, I've watched it dozens of times every year or so. No, but but this is the first time that I sat down and watched it like critically. That I wasn't I, just like, eh, it's a spe- it's a it's a Christmas special. Like I was like, okay, let's let's like think about like the decisions and stuff here. Mm. Um, so it led to like quite a different experience just watching it and thinking, oh, that okay, this mm, cool. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. Oh my gosh! Well, so am I. Um, I think it's very important to note right off the bat that. This is the first time that the characters from the comics... This is the first time Peanuts was, like, adapted into, like, the visual medium of film. As if comics are not a visual Yeah, I, I, yeah, I realized it as I was saying it. The visual medium of film, uh, if you let me finish my sentence, uh, but... <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been as funny if I let you finish your sentence. That's true. The visual and auditory medium combined i I don't think your comics yeah dare i say comics are like the most visual medium ever that's true but they don't they don't talk at least they don't talk to me maybe they talk to you i think there's a specialist you could see about that some comics have spoken to me that's well that's nice to hear uh but that's completely irrelevant to today's subject so a lot was established from the style of this that i think we kind of take for granted when we watch because there's just no like there was no precedent set for how you do like do you actually have real kid actors and like that's what they do here and they read these complex lines and and they sound like like they don't really know what they're talking about some of the time but that's like what the charm really is like when Sally does the like all I want is what's coming to me all I want is my fair share like she's like so clearly stuttering through it and I think that's really yeah funny. like I, I noticed that too I thought it was like I was kind of cute it was like oh like this is a kid you can totally picture them in the booth and then being like, all right, come on. Like, they, like, cobble it together. And they're like, that's the best we're going to get from her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I mean, and also they were like, this isn't, like, a 22-minute, like, precise we have. Like, they're like, oh, okay. We can, we can afford some of the longer takes. But I think also it, like, kind of, like, highlights the big uh, 
discordant between uh, the the kid characters and the really like philosophical complex lines that like Peanuts is known for. And I think that like uh, inconsistency, that intentional inconsistency, wouldn't be underlined as much if you had like an adult voice doing it. It's just it's really like kind of <laughs> it, it it it's it speaks to you in a very interesting way. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing that was established in this is the classic. It's the Linus and Lucy theme, also known as like the Peanuts theme, the main theme. That's the, this is the first time that we hear it. Uh, we get several other very memorable songs as well, like you know the Christmas time is here, which is so like perfectly sad, like the perfect combination of sad and seasonal. But like which, that that's also iconic. But yeah, the the Peanuts theme, which is used like you, that's ubiquitous. That's also established here. So very historical, but. The thing that I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll make sure that we try to balance throughout this, because what we always do on Checking It Twice, we want to make sure we analyze it as a Christmas special, but also it on its own terms. So that's why we kind of want to get into a little bit of the, the historical purpose within like like, like the Peanuts canon and it as its own thing, but also what, what it says about Christmas. And I think there's a lot to say on both fronts. But what I did, and I've never done this before, uh, I watched a print that I found online of the original 1965 airing of the special. Oh. Um, so that is how I viewed it for this podcast. And I don't know, do you know anything about, like, the differences? I, I didn't know. I did not know that there was any differences. The, the, the way I watched it was just simply a television recording from last year. So... <laughs> Oh, that's well, well, well. That's good because I, I was maybe going to because I got a free trial of what, what is Apple TV or Apple Plus or whatever they're called. Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. Great. What a mouthful. Um, yeah, I so, thought it was weird every once in a while when they would stare at the camera and say subscribe to Apple TV Plus, but you know, just modern days. Yeah, when when Charlie complained about commercialism with Snoopy and then looked at the camera and said subscribe to <laughs> It's not even like we can see that version yet, though, because as I discovered, it's not available on Apple TV Plus currently. I don't think it's available till December 3rd or something. That's how I was going to watch it, and then it wasn't there. Dude. And I was like, so annoyed. December 1st. Have taste. Have some class. The, like, is it a rights issue? I don't understand. Or is it literally just they're like, well, we want to have like a rotation. So it'll be up and like new, like a little closer to Christmas. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I can't. I have your stupid service and I can't watch it right now. <laughs> Useless. It's from 65. Like, hello. <laughs> yeah, like, it's done. <laughs> What is the what is the issue? But I, I honestly I'm glad that Apple dropped the ball on this one because I really enjoyed watching the original print. Because it, oh, so, so here's the thing, Michael. I'll, I'll describe okay. the difference. Okay, yeah, describe it for me and the the audience at home. Right, everyone listening in real time while having hot cocoa by the fireplace. So yep. the difference is, and they're not like they're subtle touches to be sure. It's mainly just like you'll have like some sound effects aren't there that are added in, 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 in later parts. Oh, weird. Or, like, yeah, like, they, they like they want to, like, flesh out certain parts more. Like, like the part when, like, uh, Lucy, like, is like, oh, no, like, Snoopy licked her, and, like, she runs away, and it, like, zooms in on Snoopy, and he goes, eh. He doesn't go, eh, in the original version. He just, like, sticks his tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird, honestly. Well, here's... Like, it sounds like it'd be, like, a dream state version of watching... <laughs> 
special. <laughs> That's but here's the thing. I kind of really liked it. Yeah, I mean, like you're, you're making me want to go out and lo- watch it. It helped accentuate the the deadpan nature of because that's also what's so good about the kids reading these lines about how like they're depressed. Well, like I mean, look, this special. It I think this might start with the best first line of any like Christmas special with the whole thing of like I think there must be something wrong with me. Line is Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> like it's such a good like just so like sad like right out the gate. They're not even trying to like bury the lead at all. It's just like yeah, this this is about being sad during the holidays. <laughs> and it's like what? But anyway, back to like the differences. Um there's th- there's like the missing sound effects or like different timing or like stuff like that. But there's also like a little bit more advertising built into it, specifically at the beginning and at the end. And for now, I'll just I'll just mention what they have at the at the first part. You know how like Snoopy like throws, like like gets the blanket and goes and like hit, like throws Charlie Brown and gives you the title card. Yes. Yeah. So he also throws Linus, but we never see where he throws Linus in like the current version. Oh, but you used to. You used to, Michael. Oh my goodness. And you know what? Where'd he go? You know where Linus went? I was going to say into a commercial break. Michael, you're not far off. Because Snoopy threw Linus into a sign that says, Brought to you by the people in your town who bottle (laughs) Coca-Cola. Oh, this... Oh, I'm going to look at this, like, immediately after we stop recording. (laughs) It's really... It is crazy. I remember reading about, like, the rumored... Because I don't think a print of this was found until relatively recently. I remember reading about that, but I also remembered reading that... uh, The part when they, like, like, try to hit, like, the can off of the the, the fence. That that was a Coca-Cola can. It was not. It must have been uh, Mandela Effect. People remembering the Coca-Cola attachment and misattributing it. So I can debunk that rumor. Live on the air. Yeah, you're getting rumors debunked here on checking it twice. We we are we 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 are we are telling you the cold hard truth. Um, but speaking of the cold hard truth, Michael, you told me before we start we didn't we didn't share any real feelings about this special with each other before hitting record. But you did tell me that you had a take. You there, there was something that you wanted to say that you thought would really upset animation <laughs> fans, and I'm yeah, I dying feel like... to know what. <laughs> I feel like what I'm about to say is going to get me, like, blacklisted from the animation community. Okay. And I'm not saying this out of a place of hatred. Okay. Or out of trying to call it cringe. So I just want that to be stated before I say this sentence. Mm -hmm. It's... Charlie Brown's Christmas sort of felt like a TikTok compilation... Because at the very, <laughs> hear me out, hear, hear me out. Okay, so at the very beginning, everything just sort of like happens. Like Lucy and, and Linus are talking and then just cut to the next scene and she's like throwing a snowball at a can that wasn't there, which like, I assume that like a little bit of time has passed. It, it's almost as if like there are a bunch of various one-off comics that were stitched together. Um, Michael? Sort of how it feels. I, it, it is so funny that you say that because I never thought this before, but on this viewing, I was thinking, about, I didn't think a TikTok compilation, but I did think, oh, 
this feels like, you know, little comic strips put together. Like when you have Lucy and Schroeder's little part. Yeah, like I didn't... Th- this was the viewing that, that when I started thinking critically, I was like, how did we get here? Yeah, it, 100%. You take all these scenes for granted. You're like, oh, I remember all these parts. But, like, the transitions between them, like, sometimes don't really exist. <laughs> like, it just takes you from scene to scene. And it totally... I think that's a big part of, like, well, we're adapting a comic strip. So it's like, okay, we'll just, like, cut over here and show yeah. <laughs> and show this scene. Um, or, like, there'll be a lot of lines that I feel like were punchlines of strips. Like, when it goes, like, every, like every year, I'm always, it's always the same. I'm always the shepherd. Like, you can see that being just, like, that's a self-contained gag. And that, and that would be it. But yeah, it's, yeah. Pu- it's, like, put into here. Poor, poor Shermie. Like, like, honestly, if anything, it makes the special and the character, like, the background characters just feel that much more alive. It's like, yeah, they have their own lives going on. We're not really paying attention to them right now. But, you know, they're doing their thing in the background. Like, maybe maybe next time you watch the special, you can see them doing something else. <laughs> There's so many timeless lines throughout this of, like, the, I know nobody likes me, why do we have to have a holiday season to emphasize it? Or, like, right after when he goes up to Violet, like, thanking her for the Christmas card, and then she just smugly says back, I didn't send you a Christmas card, Charlie Brown. Like, when I was a kid, I thought Lucy was, like, the worst. I was like, she's so mean. She's, like... So annoying. All she is is mean. And this time I was watching it, I was like, actually, she's like, a lot of the time she's not that mean. Like, she's trying to get him some help. Like, sure, she's charging him for it, but like, I don't know. Like, Violet is like, (laughs) kind of more mean than Lucy was. Lucy's honestly like some, like, if I had to hang out with any character, Lucy's the one I'd most want to like vibe with. Like, like, in the middle when she was like, Beethoven's not cool. He's not on a bubblegum card. I was like, that's funny. I want to hang out with Lucy. <laughs> because wouldn't you think, like, Charlie Brown, like, he, he, he always, he's chill with Linus. Like, Linus seems to always be, like, willing to talk to him. Wouldn't you think yeah. Linus would be the one that would bring him into the Christmas play? He's not. Linus yeah, just says, yeah. like, you, like, Linus surprisingly at the beginning of this is like, you <laughs> always, you found a way to make this holiday. He's like, dude, you're suck. dragging my vibe down. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> go to something else. I'm gonna go to the Christmas play that I'm not gonna tell you about. Yeah, he's like, I'm out. But Lucy comes up to him and she's the one that brings him into it. And like the like as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help means you aren't too far gone. Um, yeah, like she she does. Look, it's it's good help. It's good help. Yeah, it's worth the money. I think. Um, and she tries. Like I mean, even when she says that she got the director for the and it's a good role. It's the director of the play. Like that, that, that's some respect. She's the one who's like, yeah, I got him. And then everyone else goes, oh. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know why as a kid. I was like, Lucy's the mean one. Like, oh. Look, I mean, she gets gets upset when a dog licks her face. That It's not her dog. Who does it? Who does it? That's understandable. And she also gets upset. She could be allergic. I don't know. She could be allergic. And she also gets upset when she's not, like, called beautiful. She doesn't even get, like, a pity compliment or anything. And she calls him out for it. You didn't say I'm beautiful right away. I know when I've been insulted. I know when I've been insulted. (laughs) That is so funny. That feels so, like hyper specific that's definitely something that happened to like charles souls in real life <laughs> like a girl told him that <laughs> he was like, i'm writing this in my comic <laughs> oh dear but like it kind of builds to with lucy like she has an awareness like it's not like charlie brown because charlie brown's whole thing is just like oh 
I hate that Christmas has become too commercial. You would think Lucy would then be, like, as, like, sort of the, like, antagonist, in a sense, of the special, that she'd be the one that's yeah. like, oh, well, I, like, I th- love embracing it being a, com- like, I don't even have awareness that it is a commercial, it's just that's what it is to me. But she says, look, let's face it, we all know that Christmas is a big commercial ragged, it's run by a big Eastern syndicate, you know? <laughs> so she just is kind of like, the real antagonist of the special is society, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. The real antagonist is commercialism. Yes, yes. Put that on the poster. It is. It, it, it literally, it is the commercialism. It, and it weighs everyone down and that Lucy feels like she has to be beholden to it. Even though she doesn't agree with it. She doesn't even agree with it. But that's what society dictates. So, so that's what they go along with. That's um, what society dictates. Also, is. everyone, thanks for listening to Checking It Twice. Brought to you by the people that... Put together your nice Coca-Cola cans. No, Michael. This is one podcast that isn't going to be commercial. <laughs> oh, good goodness. Um, well, we have to we have to talk about the the tree, uh, the hashtag Charlie Brown tree, uh, which is has become so iconic. It ironically, can be purchased in stores. Um, <laughs> I have one. You have one, yeah. <laughs> is it an aluminum Charlie Brown tree? Um, I, I I haven't actually used it in a few years. It's in the basement. We're going through Christmas decorations today. I can go well, look at. I wouldn't think it was because, and this is something I looked up. Aluminum trees—they were really all the rage back in the day. You know, like, I, and when I say back in the day, I mean in the '60s when this special was made. Yeah, I believe that the tree that I have is just a straight-up plastic one. Right. Exactly. Because as it turns out. It didn't even take, like, two years after this special for them to not be regularly produced anymore. Is it because of this special, like, like owning them in an epic diss track? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened. And, look, I can attest to this, because I did, in with the, the, the show that I work on in Adam and Sandy, when we did an homage to Charlie Brown Christmas, and I had a thing about an aluminum tree, I remember Adam was like, that sounds so stupid, that doesn't exist. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I was like, no, those were real things. Like, no one knows what that is. Charlie Brown, erase them. They're destroyed. <laughs> That's the power of this special. I never knew that. I never yeah. knew that they were real. I just thought that this was like a... Let's go, like, super over-exaggerating on, like, how wacky and weird, like, like commercialism is. Uh, That's kind of what I thought growing up. Yeah. It's like, that's not real. We got an aluminum tree. Yeah. Well, people did, and then they stopped. They were like, even Charlie Brown himself didn't want one. Yeah. If we can sell them to Charlie Brown, who can we sell these to? (laughs) Exactly, Michael. Exactly. Um, so, the thing for me that I think this really comes down to, that, that like, is, like, the apex of how it stands out, uh, is the iconic Linus speech, of course. Because the Linus speech, it's something that, it kind of blows my mind that it's not only in this, but that it's still in it. Like, I would feel like this would be the thing that would maybe get, like, taken out or, like, toned down or changed in some way. You know, like, does that, did did it surprise you? Did it ever strike you, I don't know, when you're younger, or maybe now, that that's in there? As a kid, no, it didn't, um, because that's how I was brought up, and so I was like, yeah, this is just, like, the normal thing. But now, honestly, it still doesn't, because, like, I feel like if you take it out, that's, like, half the special gone. Yeah. 
Like you don't like like there's just nothing kind of there. It's just a bunch of comics. You might as well just read a com read the comic. You're a hundred percent right. The, like this is like the thesis statement. Yeah, I, I I just wanted to know the origins behind putting that speech in there, and it was Charles Soule himself that really wanted to put it in. And you had Lee Mendelson, who was the producer of the special, and also Bill Melendez, who's like the lead animator and the voice of Snoopy, and would also later go on to voice Woodstock as well. Um. They both had concerns about putting the speech in there. And apparently the way the exchange went is that uh, Bill Melendez said, it's very dangerous for us to start talking about religion now. And Charles Soule said, Bill, if we don't, who will? <laughs> Which is pretty interesting. It's decidedly more of a controversial, uh, singular idea to put out there that's potentially alienating compared to all the, you know commercialism that's also like invoked and around the periphery of the special um so it just it's it, it stands out and you're right i think it doesn't the, the the special needs that like i i don't know how you would cut it out or cut around it or like try to soften it in some way we'll find out on december 3rd <laughs> that was really good michael <laughs> glad that you complimented me live on air the way they build this speech is that they set up, and we know if we've read the strip, that Linus, he always has that blanket, right? Like, he always is carrying it. But even if you hadn't ever read the strip, they do the thing in the beginning when, like, he, like, he, like hits the can with it and Lucy calls it out and is like, oh, you're always going to have that even when you're an adult. He's yeah, like, then oh. she calls it out again, like, in the yes. one when they're doing the play. Yes. He, he uses it to defend himself from getting hit by Lucy. He says, you wouldn't hit a shepherd. Uh, so that's, he, he's scared in that moment. And then he uses it to hide from Sally and her cross on it. He like, he like puts it on and like, kind of like huddles away. Um, I, then, I honestly think that that's like the only thing that's kind of like, or not the only thing, but like one of the few things in this special is like built up and like, Hey, we're actually going to have kind of like a traditional like structure to this blanket instead of just kind of the the natural like slice of life style vibe of the rest of the the special oh 100 percent. because in terms of structure like they're putting on a play we never see that play <laughs> like it doesn't we never happen. see the play we never like it they just kind of are there it's like okay today's the play <laughs> yeah yeah, it just, they're, they're practicing it, and well, he, here's the thing, uh, this will sound so cheesy, but the play is for us, right? Like, that that's ultimately what it is. The whole, like, the play is the thing that we are seeing, and they're putting on, and they think that it needs to be commercial, and then the, the, the real message is, like, smuggled within it. That's, that's the play, that's why we don't need to see them put it on. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, he he drops the blanket when he said when when the he talks about the saints being scared by the angel and the angel says fear not and it's at that exact moment that he drops it and it's really rare because like he never chooses to drop that blanket and I was trying to read up a little bit on what people have like interpreted about that and like they say like oh it doesn't it's like we it means we don't have anything to fear when we have faith. But then I tried to also, and maybe the, like others have talked about this. It's probably it's it's kind of obvious in in retrospect. But what I got out of it as well beyond that is, like he talks about obviously like the you know the 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 baby Jesus like wrapped in like swaddling clothes and lying in the manger, 
And it was the, it was this time that I really was like, oh, well, you know, the the tree is the representative of the baby. And then when they put the blanket around it, that's the, the swaddling clothes wrapped around. I, I did not think about that. Right. That's like, that's, that's a great interpretation. Cause then after that, like, that's kind of the base that the tree needed to like thrive. Yeah. Cause like what the, I think there's a lot of theories and discussion that could be had about what the blanket signifies. Cause I feel like you could say like, it, like in the end of the day, it is a material possession and the whole thing is supposed to be that it's anti-commercialism. So I feel like the balance that's being found at the end is maybe that like it is a material possession, but then when it's like put around the tree, it's like used for like a primal human purpose of like protection as opposed to being like kind of dragged around or like get like used to hit a can off of the thing, you know? <laughs> um, like, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot that could be said about that. Uh, and I'm sure there's been many th- discussions about this, but I never had really thought about that before personally. And I feel so obvious now. It does feel obvious. I have not even, even after knowing like that he drops it during the speech, he still didn't really put that much effort into thinking about like how it was used outside of the speech. I was just like, yeah, it's just this little security blanket that he just has because he's Linus. Like he's Linus. He has the blanket. Right. Uh, well, the the other great irony on top of this is I mentioned how it's bookended by the Coca Cola ads because they have they have the thing at the beginning, but then. At the end, I and I think this is the one that's like, kind of results in a, an an egregious later product, because they're singing the "Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King" that that whole song, and when you watch it now, it like kind of fades out, uh, like in the middle of them singing, they don't finish like at, at all, like it just like it just has to fade them out. <laughs> Yeah, like, as they're singing, the credits, like, are playing, and then it just stops before they finish the song. Right. But you don't... They did finish in the original version, and you heard them sing, Glory oh. to the Newborn King. And as they did it, it had, <laughs> it had text that popped up saying, Merry Christmas from the people who bottle Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason they had to get rid of it is because they needed to take that out. <laughs> So then you can't, like, hear the end of the singing. (laughs) So there's just some great irony to how, like, it's so, like, even more like, this is like a a capitalistic commercial product that, like, Charles Hulse, he was asked, like, he drew these newspaper comics, CBS or whoever, I think it's CBS at the time, approaches and is like, hey, make this, make a cartoon of this. And I think they wanted it to be an hour at first. And they were like, we, that's too much. We can't do that. So like they, they, they make it and they have to like put these little ads into it. And, but they still make the whole thing about how they hate the idea of ads. <laughs> and now it's been like, I I mean, I'm sure it's, it's positive in the sense that it's been reclaimed since and that they don't need to have those ads there. But it is fascinating to view it as a relic with those intact. Because in a way, in a, in a sort of like dystopian way, it kind of heightens the messaging. <laughs> like that they're trapped in this commercial. I mean, yeah, I think it's just so like normalized that like you don't even think about it. You're like, yeah, it's just a commercial for the for the TV. But like, it's different than the commercialism they're talking about. The The other thing that I'll just quickly say is that uh, also in the original airing, and I had not heard about this before, They it opens with, like, animation and the narrator introducing the characters because it's, like, the first time oh. we 
like I've seen them like like uh, in a, like a like a show format and like they're like talking and like it like it establishes like it has some animation that I don't know if it's ever used anywhere else. I didn't recognize it. Like it, it does some clips from the actual special, but then it has this part with Charlie Brown playing the piano. Uh, and then, like, all the kids, including Linus, go, that's terrible, Charlie Brown, and Lucy punches him, and he goes flying away. <laughs> Which is wow. the meanest that she is in the whole special, but it's not even in the real special. Um, and, and in Tout, see your favorite comic strip characters come to life. <laughs> so it was just very interesting, I thought, that that was there. Um, but yeah, uh, now, now, of course, the special needs no introduction, because... We know it so well, and we know the characters, and yeah, there's a lot in terms of its uh, iconic status. Yeah, I didn't really know. Okay, so I, 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 I was, I was intrigued because when you said that you were gonna say something that was going to upset animation fans a lot, I thought, I thought you were gonna just take this special to town. I, 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 I thought you were gonna say it, it, it's garbage. So no, 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 nothing okay. like that. Nothing of the sort. Okay, okay. I'm no violet. <laughs> We all, yeah, there's always a Violet. There's always a Violet. If you want to listen to Violet's podcast about the special, then, you know. Violet's, you know what Violet's podcast about the special is? It's just a, a 20 minutes of sponsored content. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And then at the end she goes, it's bad. She's just upset that her favorite part of the special was cut out. <laughs> yeah, that Coca-Cola ad. That's what I wanted to come back to every year. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, any other fi- final thoughts on a Charlie Brown Christmas, nineteen sixty-five, with a budget of ninety-six thousand dollars? I want to hang out with Lucy. She seems pretty cool and funny. She is not only cool but also really funny. And uh, yeah. with that, I think uh, we'll bring an end to this episode. Stay tuned for next time, where we talk about some something else that'll bring you holiday cheer. Whatever it is, we don't know. We make the decisions, and we make them on the fly, but you have to trust us. The next episode is like a a Christmas present. You don't open it until later. You don't know. It's shiny and new and exciting. It's like a Christmas present, and we'll probably say that every time. We will be saying that every time. It It certainly won't be a Christmas present. That we say that it's like a Christmas present. That won't be a surprise. But the actual gift, when you unwrap it, will be a surprise each time. Thank you for watching this episode of Checking It Twice. Not brought to you by the people that bottle your Coca-Cola. Brought to you by our own hearts. I don't know. You don't have to pay for this. Couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I'm going to go enjoy some nice water. Yeah. Bye-bye. From this (laughs) side.